the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Genericet and moored the boat. When they got out of the boat, people at once recognized him and rushed about that whole region and began to bring the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was and wherever he went into villages or cities or farms. They laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch even the fringe of his cloak and all who touched it were healed. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Lord, be before me, be behind me, be beside me. Lord, most important of all, be within We are looking at the Gospel of Mark in our set readings for uh, during this part of of the time after Pentecost. And uh, there are some things that I think are very important for us to notice uh, about his gospel, and maybe particularly about the healing experience which is described. Mark uh, writes in a very uh, terse and simple way. There's no curly cues or obtruse words or nothing of any uh, fanciness about him. We think he wrote this gospel in about 70 A.D. There is some evidence to suggest that uh, he went to Rome when Peter was imprisoned and uh, spoke to Peter about this gospel uh, so that it was both he and Peter, a joint work, so to say, um, which ended up in this, in this particular gospel. I think one of the most important things about these stories is, uh, is what he wanted to help the disciples with. He wanted to help the crowds with. And you better know, he wants to help us with. Us with and that is... Where is the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of God? I think Mark felt that if you understood that and recognized uh, the presence of Jesus, you would be in a good way towards living the gospel. And do remember that that word gospel uh, is not a joke. It's, it's the good news And it is the revealed truth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And therefore, merits study and attention and care. So, 
Mark is trying to have us as well as all of these other people uh, think about you know, what is the kingdom of God. In order to do that, he has Jesus show us. And, and just briefly, well, what attributes or actions does uh, Jesus do to make us understand that and maybe make us willing enough to, to follow him? Um, and, and the first is that uh, he's a teacher. And it's not just any teacher. He's uh, the kind of teacher that every time uh, you leave him, you have grown. And there is never any uh, bad feeling or boredom or irritability, like many of my teachers, uh, who actually, you actually feel warm in his heart. And I think he reaches into your, into your heart, because it isn't just, you know, facts and this happened and this happened. He tells stories about things that make them come to life. So I think that's a very uh, important attribute. Then, uh, Jesus not only offers uh, the disciples and, and the crowd and us uh, an opportunity uh, to pray, but he helps us understand that when we are uh, praying in our world, sometimes we have to learn how to pray on our feet, in the car, at a meeting. Because this world is filled with noise and confusion. And you remember, he says to the disciples, uh, he says one set of things, um, and that is, uh, you know, you have to go and pray. And then as soon as they find a place to pray, what happens? It's like chaos at the Grand Central Station, everybody running around yelling. And um, I'm not even sure I know, you know what they're saying, but they were desperate, I think. They were desperate for Jesus to see him and hopefully to touch him. But the bottom line is there is still chaos. There is chaos in our world. Should that stop us from trying to be available to God? That's the message. That's the message. Please be available to God. And, you know, if you have your speaker system set right, you know, you'll hear and then you'll be able to send that out. So I think that's important. Um... Jesus nourishes us. For instance, if you recall, um, one of the stories is that uh, Jesus says, look, to the disciples, he said, you know, look, you, you know, you've been trying to help people, convert people, and frankly, it didn't really work, but let's go away together. I know a nice place, etc., etc. So um, that is uh, a way of showing that he wants people not only to be kind of in the open, but he wants them to be, you know, withdrawn. And Mark's gospel is very good at this. On the one hand, he says, well, Jesus left the crowd uh, who were standing on the beach, and he went off somewhere to pray by himself. Uh, and then suddenly he says, you know, Jesus was praying and there's a whole bunch of people coming. And I, I take that to mean that it's both, you know. You have to project the gospel in your life, um, maybe to a group of people who aren't too interested, but that doesn't matter. You know, that's what you do that's coming inside of you. Or maybe you are there for contemplation alone. And, of course, the answer is you do both. You do both. And that's very, very important. Um, and then, of course, 
there's healing. Um, healing comes from a Middle English word, and uh, I know when I learned this, but there, it, it, healing uh, uh, is derived from this word. The word is uh, hale, H-A-L-E. And it's a pretty incredible word because it means holy, whole, and heal. Holy, whole, and heal. And that's kind of a pretty good, you know, trifecta there. You know, it's it's really something special. And it is. It it is. So, in a way, Jesus kind of knows that, that there is sort of a huge power in redeeming people uh, to, to, their, to their state when they were the way they were. And everybody who's in uh, medical care has that same sincere belief. That's what makes it so wonderful. And, oh, but it is hard, and it's emotionally draining because you are dealing with people's lives. And, and sometimes these things turn uh, to a way which uh, you hadn't hoped for. So Jesus has all these uh, healing stories, and um, I was always very interested in them. So um, I I think you'll find this interesting, but I won't read them all, I promise. But through the gospel, there's lots of these stories. Okay, so the first one, exorcism in the temple. So Jesus Jesus is in the temple, a man came to him who was very upset, and uh, he healed him. And the guy leaves, and then the people in the temple... The priest and the scribes, I say, what are you doing? He says, what do you mean? I just, I just healed the man. He was in anguish. You can't do that in the temple. Get out. So, you see, I think, again, that reaffirms the fact that Jesus knew he, probably, he wasn't tortured or anything, but he had, he had to know that his ministry was going to be kind of abused or disrespected. Thankfully, he doesn't care. And then, you remember that story, uh, which I find kind of, kind of it's really sweet. It's like, okay, um, the uh, uh, Simon Peter, and I've actually supposedly seen the house. I don't really know if it's a house, but it's on the Lake of Galilee. It's in Capernaum. And actually, it's probably not. But anyway, he, uh, so uh, Peter comes up to Jesus, you know, and pulls his robe and says, uh, can, I, can I have a word with you in private? And, and she says, yes, of course. And he says, you know, my mother-in-law, my mother-in-law has a fever. Could you help her? And she says, no problem. And he goes in, touches her, fevers away. And it's a lucky thing because then she leaps up and kicks food for everybody. So, you know, that's, that's what she did, really. So, I mean, it's, I mean that, here, see, the thing is, a lot of these healing stories, they're not just healing, you know. Simon Peter, his mother-in-law, he's caring about that. He is. He is. That's such a, you know, that's a love within the family that even then, you know, goes before, goes before the bounds of the family. So it's, uh, it's, that's just a wonderful, a wonderful thing. Uh, another, um, you remember this one? This is in the second chapter. Uh, so Jesus is in this house, kind of having a discussion. How the main room is very full with people, very full, no entry at all. And these four guys show up, and they've got their friend who's paralyzed in a litter that they're carrying. 
So they go in, you look in the window, oh my God, you can't get in there. Look at the door, you know, can't get in there. So one of them has a bright idea. Let's get up on the roof and make a hole. Make a hole in the roof, you know. You know, we hope the owner, we hope the owner doesn't mind. So, so we're going to make a hole in the roof, and we're going to lower our beloved friend who's paralyzed down into the midst of this room where Jesus is standing. That's what they do. And lo and behold, Jesus heals that man and gets up and thanks God. But it doesn't start there. It doesn't stop there because you see, this healing comes from God. But those four men loved that man and had faith, had faith in Jesus Christ. They had faith in him. And that's what Jesus emphasizes. He says, you know, yes, it, you know, it's wonderful to believe, but you have to have a relationship with God, which is constantly repeated and refreshed. We call that faith. And it grows out of hope, hope and faith. And he was trying to make that point, I believe, in that, uh, you know, in that thought. How about this one? This is what they call the Gerasene demoniac. And that was the guy who was on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, having a rough time in chains and all this stuff, and screaming and yelling. And uh, uh, I don't know who it was. I asked Jesus to come over. But this guy was bad news. He was you know, really hurting himself and having seizures and all this stuff. So... Jesus no, long, no sooner than gets in his sight, and the man says this, Jesus, what do you have to do with me? In other words, maybe you could help me. I'm asking you, Lord, what are you going to do? Are you going to throw him out or leave him in? You know, what are you going to do? And then um, probably... And one of the most serious uh, events, uh, damaging livestock, uh, Jesus sent all the pigs, I mean, all the demons into the pigs. And the pigs, I guess they, they can stand it, and they all jumped in the water and died. And uh, so there, too, even the demons know his name. And this just reflects, this just reflects power. How about... Um, This one, the, hero, the healing of the Syrophoenician woman. Now, this was very interesting because uh, Syrophoenician women aren't worth much, even in their own country. But they sure as hell aren't that worth that much uh, in Jesus' country. This woman is outside the bonds. She's out of, out of the way here. So it doesn't matter, though. That's the point he's saying in that healing. I don't care. You know, you're one of my children. You're one of my kids. I love you. There's all this grumbling and, you know, crying about stuff and saying it's not fair that you're trying to help somebody out who's not quite our type. I wonder if we've heard that before. So, you know, that he's doing all of these things to show us, you know, that he really does love us. Um, It gets more powerful as things go along. Jairus was a leader of the synagogue, and he had a little daughter who was dying. And he came to Jesus and begged him, begged him to heal her. Now, this guy is a court official, 
he's a kind of high up Jewish uh, administrator. And, you know, this man, I mean, Jesus represents nothing, you know. John the Baptist, you know, certainly not authority. But there's something about Jesus that he wants. And that's why he asks him, he says, Lord, will you, happen, will you come with me and lay hands on this child? And Jesus says, sure. They know, they know no sooner get about 20 yards, his servant comes and says, the child is alive. She's eating some food. Now, that is said to establish God's power and his control, not just over our lives, you know, but over the whole, whole universe. And I think um, if you have the, the privilege of uh, looking at some of these stories, they're really, they're really wonderful. Um, the, uh, there's one final one which I particularly like. Uh, it's kind of the uh, ophthalmologist's verse. So Jesus comes to see this guy, and he's blind. And the, and the person made, requests something. He said, Lord, will you heal me? And Jesus says, sure. Uh, here, I think I know what it takes. So he takes his hands and he, into fists and he rubs his hands into the person's eye sockets. That sounds pretty powerful to me, you know. going to be pretty good. So he takes his hands off the guy's face and he says, Jesus says, I mean, this just shows that the gospel is not without hearing. Jesus says, what do you see? I see something. uh, Men who look like trees running around. Men that look like trees running around. Here, I better try it again. And he does. He does this. Oh, now everything you can see perfectly. Perfectly, perfectly. So, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Um... I think um, I'm, I, I think that we uh, here know uh, the gospel, and I think we try to know what a being a Christian is. But when the events that we have seen on Friday come to us, uh, I think it's hard to know what what to do. What to do? I, for one, I feel powerless, sort of. You know. But I also can try to, to pray and ask for help and uh, try maybe even go there and be with people. I had two friends, uh, uh, both priests, and they were coming in from Long Island uh, about 9 o'clock on uh, the 11th of September. And these two guys were not, they weren't parish priests in this area. Anyway, they go down. And after a lot of, you know, squirming, they, they set up a little uh, counseling center at Trinity Church, which is literally about a block away from Ground Zero. They just did that. There's nobody clearing them. Or anything. Later on, you had to start, you know, watching out. But they were there. And, boy, they were busy. People didn't necessarily want blessings or anything like that. They wanted these people to witness to what they had seen what they had heard and maybe maybe that's what we should try to do um, I remind you though that we have well because of this this is I'm going to say 
you know, I would be horrified and very upset if they had found that this man was out of his mind. But you know what? I'm even more horrified that he's not. He's not. Not. I mean, maybe they'll find out he's a schizophrenic or something. But as of right now, the assessments they've done on this guy. Now, isn't that spooky? I mean, it means basically, well, maybe anybody's capable of this. But no, that's not true. Christians won't do that. And not only that, Christians know what to do with everybody else when this kind of horror is raining down. You may not know it first, but, but I'm, you know, I'm confident that people know that. And, and, the, and the way you uh, refresh yourself is by being with those you love. You know, I've got gratitude. I mean, you know, I wouldn't go to the midnight showing, but it doesn't matter. I mean, that guy was you know, horrible. It was horrible when he did. So, oh, and then the next thing, you know, I, I can't have a part of this yet. You know? you know, Jesus would say, I'm going to pray for him, too. I'm going to pray for him because he's a lost soul. You know? Yeah, that's true. You know, and I kind of go right to the death penalty, you know, saying, oh, I think he deserves that. And, you know, maybe she burned, maybe she'd be burned at the stake, you know, uh, except that Texas is the only state that still does that. So um, anyway, I think that uh, our response uh, is, is one which uh, we have to turn to Jesus as our to personal Savior. And that's Lord, what? What can we do? And, you know, is there, I don't know, something we can say to people? Can we go listen to people? Um, there are things we can do. And then we must. We must, really. You know, we must do something. So, um, so I, but to go back to the healing stories, they are very powerful. And they show that God is actively in our lives, whether you believe in him or not. Whether you believe in him or not, he is there. He is there for us. If, if we are willing enough to open our arms and have him enter our heart. Amen.